Welcome to Talking Property. Louis, thanks for joining us. Nice to be with you as always, Peter. What a difference 12 months makes. This time, 12 months ago, we did not have the Ukraine war. The, the RBA was still stating that there would be no interest rate rises until 2024, and yet here we are. Remarkable that this time last year, that's what the RBA's firm position was. That's correct. This time last year, we released our last housing boom and bus report, which we forecasted housing price falls for 2022. And I'm reasonably happy with how those forecasts played out. So where did the Sydney property market finish the year, Louis? It appears as though uh, from where we were 12 months ago, we're down by about eight and a half to 9%. Uh, and that is being driven by freestanding houses. Units have actually done better on our numbers for units. We're down about 6%. That said though, we're noticing that with some off the plan developments, that there's been some really big falls uh, in, in the Sydney housing market. There's been some owners there which there's essentially taken a bath where they bought their properties maybe back in 2017, 2018 for say $700,000 and they've been selling it for like $600,000 in this market. So the really speculative end of the apartment market's borne the brunt of this? Well, there's no question those who bought off the plan in 2016 and 2017 for a number of developments in Sydney are basically in negative equity. Yeah, that dovetails with our experience where we have seen people who've purchased off the plan unfortunately sell for significant losses. Yep. But for the uh, established unit market, it has been surprisingly resilient. That's correct. And, and is that a function of the fact that apartments didn't rise as high as houses did in 2021? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a number of factors. Uh, yes, spot on. Units actually underperformed uh, houses over the course of later 2020 and 2021. That means, of course, on, uh, on an affordability basis, units are being more affordable. Generally, they are always. But the spread between house prices and unit prices really uh, widened out uh, over the course of 2021. And that's uh, now beginning to tighten. It's beginning to tighten. And... Uh, given the fact that we know that there, are, there have been affordability issues in Sydney and the fact that we know we've had a rental crisis and we're still having a rental crisis, uh, basically would-be renters have been starting to turn themselves into first-time buyers and what they can afford is a unit. So that has somewhat provided a little bit of a flaw in the unit market, notwithstanding the fact there have been unit price falls. So what we're talking about here is the property cycle taking shape, isn't it? Yes, that is correct. You generally do find, except for rare occasions, the unit market will outperform in downturns and the freestanding houses market outperform in upturns. The market received more interest rate rises than it would care to remember this year. Um, property prices were down somewhere between 8 to 10% as you've outlined. In saying that, um, do you think the market was more resilient this year than it might, you might have otherwise thought, given the amount of um, increases in interest rates we, we experienced? Yes, I think that that is correct, Peter. Uh, I think for uh, most people, most analysts, uh, if you were to say at the start of the year, hey, look, we will actually end up uh, with a cash rate of 2.85%. What do you think the housing market's going to do? Many probably would have forecast an outright crash. Uh, that hasn't actually materialised. And I think one of the main reasons behind that uh, is the rise in the rental market. So asking rents or market rents have risen significantly over the past 12 months. Uh, and I think wages have been picking up. And uh, over and above that, small businesses have recovered 
uh, in this market. So small business profits have picked up. So small, many small business owners have been able to buy into this market quite easily. Uh, and then, of course, with the borders being open, we've had a rise in overseas arrivals. And generally speaking, Sydney and Melbourne uh, are the first port of call when it comes to overseas arrivals. One of the few positives of rising interest rates, which is often lost in the commentary, is that people that are sitting on cash get a higher return on their cash by parking it in the bank with essentially zero risk. That, that is correct. And then I think one final factor to consider in all this is that let's all remember that for many borrowers, they were tested on a high theoretical rate than what they actually entered into. Uh, many were tested on a, on a theoretical lending rate of 7%. Uh, so, yeah, there was a bit of buffer there. There was also, we had built up savings as well, uh, collectively. And I think that that's helped somewhat as well. Yeah, you'd have to think a lot of that built up savings has been tipped back in, in a lot of households at the moment, um, as interest rates have risen and the pressure still exists in the system, which may, may play through in 2023. Yes, that is correct. And that, this is one of the reasons why, um, in terms of our forecasts for 2023, much depends on what the RBA does. Do they actually go on hold at a cash rate at below 4%? Do they go over 4%? We think that's a key threshold. And our forecast actually change uh, on a scenario where the RBA is forced to go over a cash rate of 4%. So look, all eyes on the RBA in terms of uh, how they respond to the economy in 2023. And if they go too hard, we could very well have a hard landing for the economy and the housing market. If they go too soft, then we could have a new inflationary breakout. It's going to be a really fine tightrope for them to walk. However, we have a little bit more confidence they'll actually manage to walk the tightrope. Ah, good. Good to hear. Louis, um, I'm keen to explore the mortgage mountain that, fa that many households will face going forward and what role um, the COVID-era home loans of 1.8% 2% that households had fixed during COVID and they had that protection throughout 2022. What role did that play in protecting the marketplace from, from the worst of these interest rate rises? Well, it's, it's, it's definitely played somewhat of a role. For starters, uh, up until now, there's been no real forced sales activity. Uh, that's so, a massive point, isn't it? Well, that's right. So what we, we, we had in 2022 is a step back from buyers. And that was both driven by sentiment and, and also driven by the fact that they had, had lower lending power out there. If we can take a look at the first slide here, which is auction volumes, and it clearly demonstrates how auction volumes have been declining since the peak of the market since October 2021. The amount of properties going to auctions has been declining. Now, is that uh, symptomatic of the overall market being supplied with less stock in 2022 or is it, is it, is it a, a signal that people have just given up on the auction process in this environment? I think it's a little bit of the latter. So what we normally find in downturns is that auction volumes and what is scheduled to go to auction lowers because vendors have less confidence yep. that they'll get the best price possible uh, in the downturn via auction. They tend to go via private treaty. Now that all said, Peter, what we've also noticed during this year is that there hasn't been much of a rise at all in new private treaty listings. So overall listings have been fairly muted. And this is another reason why we haven't had a dramatic downturn, because there hasn't been a flooding of stock out there. Uh, and look, the, in 2021, when the market was booming, people kept saying to us as real estate agents, it must be really hard to get listings at the moment. 
And I was saying to people, there's plenty of listings going around. They just sell within a week, which gives the illusion of a lack of listings. But the sales volumes that went through during the boom of 2021 must have been much higher than the sales volumes of 2022, signifying vendors were much happier to sell in to a booming market rather than sell out of a falling market. Indeed they were, Peter, yeah. and on our numbers, sales volumes year on year uh, for the Sydney housing market down by some 35%. That's massive, and that'll flow through to the government's stamp duty revenue, et cetera, et cetera, in, their, uh, in the next budget, I'd imagine. It'll be extraordinarily difficult for the state government to, to create a surplus, I would have thought. Yeah, so I saw overnight that the Western Australia Premier had a shot at New South Wales, New South Wales government's budget saying they're going to struggle to make ends meet. Is that a function of the drop in stamp duty revenue that everyone foresees for New South Wales? No question for many state and territory governments, uh, the revenue drive is, is stamp duty, uh, real estate stamp duty. So the, the crossover will have an impact. However, I believe if we were to see a recovery in the housing market, volumes would pick up. And let's recall that this initiative is actually aimed towards first-time buyers. It's not as yet aimed towards all buyers. So it's only for the first-time buyer market. So that means for any investor or standard owner-occupier looking to upgrade, downgrade, they still need to pay stamp duty. I don't agree with the notion that this will create a massive, massive hole if we were to see a housing recovery because of the increase in turnover. The New South Wales State Government, by beginning with first home buyers, are trying to stimulate from the market from the bottom up. When when you look at the Sydney property market during 2022, it's it's strongest at the at the top of the market and weakest down the bottom, isn't it? Yes. So for 2022, the areas which we've seen the, the greatest strength actually has been in Sydney's eastern suburbs. Uh, so we've actually been recording price rises, and as 2022 drew to a close essentially a rise in auction clearance rates for Sydney's eastern suburbs. And that, that actually uh, record basically created a, a rise in the overall clearance rate. So less auctions, as you pointed out before, but where those auctions have been have been predominantly in Sydney's eastern suburbs, lower North Shore, inner west, the traditional auction Let's, let's bring up the auction clearance rate yep. there because the, your numbers absolutely demonstrate that. that. That orange line there is the auction clearance rate as we can see. Yes. And uh, there was a sharp fall as the Ukraine war uh, unfolded. Yes. Uh, interest rates rose aggressively yes. um, through the middle of the year. But yes, late in the year, we did see uh, auction clearance rates trend up a bit, didn't we? Absolutely, we did. Yeah. I, and as you'd be well aware, and we've, we've, we've discussed in the past, we have a more conservative measurement of of recording clearance rates, but we don't need to revise our series because it, it captures all the results. So it's a true indicator and yep, the numbers speak for themselves. There's been a rise in clearance rates during the spring selling season, a time normally when clearance rates fall. And do you think that's a function of a more motivated, uh, aligned with the marketplace vendor coming to market? Or, or was it a, a, a function of uh, higher buyer enthusiasm? I think it's a combination of the two. And the fact that we've been having heavier concentrations of auctions in Sydney's eastern suburbs is going back to that point again, where we've been recording price rises. So while you wouldn't call uh, Sydney's east being at boom time levels, no, by any means, the fact though is that for upper end real estate in Sydney's east, it's actually been doing relatively well, driven by small business owners who've been doing well with their small businesses. Uh, and we, we normally see this, uh, even in a rising interest rate environment, if the Sydney economy is going gangbusters, and essentially it has been, 
you, you see price rises for affluent real estate. And I'm not talking about, say, real estate between, say, two to four million dollars. I'm talking well and truly above that mark. Yeah, well, we've seen that. I think you'd have to say the five million plus category across Sydney has been the strongest uh, this year. Hasn't that's it? right. And that's yeah. because they are cash buyers. They're, they're not PAYG earners buying that real estate. They are business owners. They are senior executives. They are people coming in from overseas, completely cashed up, managing to get around our system we have here for checks and balances and buying this real estate. So let's let's have a look at the mortgage belt. Yeah. If if we're saying that Sydney overall fell somewhere between eight and ten percent in twenty twenty two. Yes. But the top end of the market actually performed strongly, if not had a slight rise for the year. Yes. That would suggest the mortgage belt may have dropped by more than ten percent if you were to look at that as a micro market. That's a fair call. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, that you know, yes, or freestanding houses in some regions we're seeing falls greater than than eight to ten percent. Yeah, I, I felt uh, all year actually that the commentary and the numbers that were coming through were the numbers that were coming through, but they weren't stating the nuanced uh, issues that were playing out in different markets where um, mortgage rates that moved from one point eight two percent at the start of the year to somewhere between five and five and a half at the moment. That's going to have an impact on households budgets, isn't it? I would agree with that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, look, this is not a, a market for PAYG earners. Yeah, it, it, it just simply isn't. It's really for those who are completely cashed up. They're looking for bargains, but more so they're looking for prized real estate. Yeah. Uh, Louis, uh, let's come back to the rental market. You've stated that we're in a rental crisis. Uh, what defines a rental crisis in your view? Because my view is that the rental crisis hasn't started. I think as we head into 2023, I think real pain will be experienced by tenants there as rents continue to drift up. But you're, you're calling it a rental crisis at the moment. So um, you've got a broader perspective than we do on the rental market. So tell us about that. Well, look, a, a number of social bodies and, and various departments I generally have been saying the same thing, uh, that there is a severe shortage of a rental accommodation uh, in a number of capital cities, and, and Sydney is definitely now one of those cities experiencing that. We've been recording very low rental vacancy rates. The, the latest number for Sydney is about 1.3%, whereas the long-term average for Sydney is, is normally in the twos. So, uh, yeah, there, there's a shortage of rental properties, and it's at the point where we're seeing asking rents. So what landlords are wishing to adjust their, their rents on rise by over 20% in Sydney. I've never seen these type of numbers before. But what did we drop during COVID? Because are we only making up lost ground? We're, a, we're ahead now of yeah. where we were yeah. pre-COVID. So yes, there was an initial drop. You're quite right to point that out. And that was during a time when people were trying to exit Sydney. They were looking to live in the regions that were trying to get away from lockdowns or trying to get away from COVID. Um, and and that all that all occurred, uh, but then that that started to reverse in 2021, um, and at the same time we just simply were not building enough new properties in the marketplace. So 2021 wasn't exactly a great year for uh, dwelling completions. 2022 we'll see a rise actually in dwelling completions, but it's, it's going to be fairly offset by the the big rise in new overseas arrivals and the return to office environment. So more people have returned to the city or moved to Sydney from overseas than new dwellings have been built to accommodate them. That is correct. 
So for investors, um, housing has fallen in value during 2022 and rents have jumped. Yep. So what sort of yield return can one expect on a house and or an apartment in Sydney going forward? The yields at the moment have been rising in Sydney due to the falls in housing prices and, uh, and sorry, the falls in housing prices and the rise in rents. And so the overall yields actually increased by about 100 basis points. Uh, it's not at a record high for Sydney, so it's, it's been roughly tracking in the fours a little bit higher for units and a little bit lower for, for houses. Uh, but it's definitely up and it needed to rise given the rising interest rate environment. I think going forward, uh, what we will see is that yields will eventually top out uh, and they will top up probably roughly around the time that the cash rate actually peaks as well. Uh, we're not quite there yet, so clearly rents are still rising very quickly. Uh, and housing prices up until this point right now, at the end of 2022, um, you know, were still falling a little. So, uh, yeah, but <coughs> there will be a time when that turns. Uh, and for now, for an investor, that the yields are, are definitely worth considering. And there are some bargains to be had up there for investors. With the rental market, um, we've spoken about the last 12 months have been very aggressive in terms of the rises that have been experienced. But there still are landlords out there that say to us, I'm not getting much more rent for my property than I was getting 10 years ago. So what is the Sydney, Sydney rental market as opposed to the Sydney sale market, which has essentially doubled over the last 10 years? What's the rental market done in Sydney over the last 10 years? If you take into account the most recent rises, the compounded increase in rents over the last 10 years has been in the order of about 3% per annum. Right, so that's pretty moderate modest when you compare it to what property prices have done from a sale perspective. Absolutely they have. Of yeah. course in more recent times as as just discussed rents have done a lot more than that. Yes but I remember uh, about 10 years ago we were constantly hearing about Sydney's undersupplied for dwellings, Sydney's undersupplied for dwellings when the rental market was was rising very aggressively. Yes. So if Sydney's facing an undersupply of dwellings in 2023 and landlords have got increased and rising mortgage costs, what's going to stop the rental market from continuing to, to, to gallivant ahead? We don't believe a peak in rents will occur until later in 2023, but I think for the first half of the year, we will see ongoing rental increases for the reasons you've pointed out. Just one final point on the rental market that I think is not a dominating factor, but has been a contributing factor to what is going on at the moment is during 2021, we saw so many landlords getting what they considered to be a low rent, but there was a high price on offer in the sales market, yep. and they grabbed it and ran. Mm -hmm. And when we sold that property as estate agents, that investment property, nine times out of 10, it sold to an owner-occupier. Yes. So that has to have shrunk the rental pool as well. Yes, it has. That's exactly right. I don't think people fully are aware that when you have um, essentially a first home buyer buying a property that was previously a rental property, that's one less rental property in the market. Though they, the counter to that is, well, you've got one less uh, renter in the property as well. They've turned themselves into a first home buyer. But if you start from the point that there's more rental renters and rental properties, that ratio of renters to rental properties uh, has actually got worse. And the vast majority of the people coming to Australia or returning uh, to office, maybe going into the rental market, they, putting greater pressure in that space. Spot on. They yeah. tend to be renters to begin with. I mean, there's 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 obviously a, a, a percentage of 
people who buy straight off the bat and that's normally people uh, who have got cash they can do that uh, but for the bulk of uh, overseas arrivals intending to stay on a more longer term basis they generally rent first. Louis that's a fantastic wrap on 2022 thank you very much for that. No problem Peter. And thank you for joining us today on Talking Property. We look forward to speaking with you next time.